Right, welcome back to the Limehouse podcast. This is me, your your host, William Porteous. I am currently in the living room. It's, what, 5.30 in the afternoon. Pearl is watching some inane crap on the television. Honestly, it's like cheap Pixar from 1995, except it's, it's not. It's meant to be now. Don't get it. They just look, they look high. Their eyes are massive. I mean, it's crazy. Their, their pupils are really dilated. These characters are like monkeys and this girl and I think it's called Whisper or something. God, it's so creepy. Anyway, this week, Martha Hill. Wow, it's a great chat. It's great. We, I, love, I love talking with her about her, her music, particularly Grilled Cheese is a, a, a fantastic song that's uh, out, out and about at the moment. You've probably, probably heard it on, on Six Music. That's where I heard it, as per usual, doing the washing up. Uh, Mark Riley played it, Stop Me In My Tracks. It is a drug track, okay? No, I'm not talking about, you know, crack or smack or heroin or PCP, angel dust or, you know, any of the, you know, weird hash hash, wink, weed weed, wink wink. I'm just talking about drug song as in it's so good it makes you feel high. Uh, yeah, it does. The chorus is phenomenal. Um, oh, I'd, I'd like to play you some, but quite honestly, I'm absolutely shattered. So I, I can't. Pearl got up at, Pearl, yeah, Pearl got up at 3 a.m. this morning which was really great. So I thought, okay, great, just go in, comfort her. Uh, nah, she wasn't having any of that. So she just basically got up at 3 a.m. So to just sit up on Minions and try to fall asleep. And she was wired, wired, man. It was insane. And to top it all, I think she's just done a poo. Have you done a poo? You've done a poo? Great. So that's nice. Um, Pearl, do you want to say hello? Come on, say hello. No, no. Okay, well, she nearly she nearly said hello. Kids these days. Uh, stage fright already. And anyway, this you're going to love this this chat. I, I had so much fun talking to Martha. She's so just she's so on it. She's so intelligent. Her music's fantastic. She's got a great message. We talk towards the end. I think most notably for me, at any rate, we. I mean, obviously, we talk a lot about a lot about everything, but we talk about uh, sexuality and music because she's she's gay, and we don't. You don't really often hear, if ever, um, I don't know, gay people talking about gay relationships in songs. It does. Yeah, you, you do hear it from time to time, but hardly ever, really. And I put that to her, and um, we had a really good chat about that, actually. Yeah, so I think, yeah, hang around towards the end, it gets quite interesting. Anyway, um, what else What else is there to say? Just very quickly, as per usual, always, do check out the website with my short film on it. Uh, the short film is called The Name, uh, and you can check that out on somedaysardiamonds.co.uk, somedaysardiamonds, that's um, uh, named after Tom Petty, actually, some Days of Diamonds, one of his great songs. Sadly passed away three years ago on Friday last week. So that was uh, his anniversary, three-year anniversary. Um, I'm hopefully lining a chat up with Warren Zanes, who's his official biographer uh, down the line. So we'll be having an in-depth Tom Petty chat. I'm also having a Tom Petty chat with the Infectious Groove 
crew over in Detroit um, relatively soon. So keep your ears peeled for that one. And if you do want a podcast recommendation, Infectious Groove Podcast, a music podcast based in Detroit, they are absolutely fantastic. I mean, I big them up, man. They are so funny. And I love that what they talk about. This week they talked to uh, Steve Gorham, I believe, from Black Crows, a drummer from Black Crows, who's um, uh, who's got an unbelievable <laughs> book out. It's, about, it's been out for about a year now, but it's an unbelievable story about the Black Crows. It's well worth checking out. Um, Kev, you've probably listened to that, haven't you, mate? You've probably read that book in the bath. You've probably read it on the toilet. You've probably taken it gardening with you. You've probably buried it and then dug it up again. You've probably got it under armpit right now. Um, but yeah, it's a great book and Infectious Groove podcast. Check it out. Anyway, uh, look after yourself. Stay stay safe, stay healthy and um, check Martha Hill out. Okay, go and listen to her music. Bye. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. Yeah. Nice one. Oh, there. Ah, Hiya. there she is. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we we did it. We we managed to do it to set the chat. Yeah, up. yeah. Finally, so, I know. Sorry. No, mate. My bad. Totally. I was like, you know, you know, I never, I know, I never know why I decided to one put out podcasts on a Sunday and two yeah. have try and have conversations on a on a monday it's insane isn't it yeah but I've, I've had really bad monday blues the past like three weeks in a row oh and mate yeah i don't even know why it's just really weird back to work but no no not not well yeah i mean i kind of been right working throughout the whole of the lockdown but this one was just like i think the past three weeks i've got to be honest i probably overdid it on the alcohol front i think that's what it that's was probably what it is right yeah you go mental on the friday i mean that's kind of where i'm at tonight today <laughs> yeah yeah. You go mental on the Friday and you pay for it on the Monday. Oh, big time, yeah. But how are you doing? How are you feeling today in this moment? Yeah, good, fine. A bit tired, like I had a bit of a party on Friday, so... Yeah. Was that just a gen... Was it anything, a celebration or was it just like, go out, get pissed? Yeah, it's my mate's birthday. It was my mate's birthday. Oh, so. yeah, what? Big one? Just a standard number? or Just a standard, I think 25 maybe. God, 25, classic age. Yeah, yeah. Two years before it gets real. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. You, you can still sort years. of fuck around, but you kind of, you should be maybe trying to think about getting your shit together as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah, totally know that. How, how old are you? I'm 25. Yeah, oh, man. Well, that's fine because you've got your shit together. <laughs> you know? Well, it's yeah, more good. sort of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some I mean, it. you're... Your sound has got its shit together. Let's put it that way. Your music has. Well, you know? cheers. Yeah, big time. Fucking hell. I had grilled, grilled cheese like, and I was like, I love cheese. So I was always kind of a bit annoyed <laughs> that when I heard it, I wasn't actually eating cheese at the time. Yeah, yeah. Which would have, and it was the right time of day as well. In the evening, I think it was Mark Radcliffe perhaps that played it or Steve yeah. Lamarck maybe. Um, and I was like, fuck a duck in the face. Because I, I love... <laughs> I'm like one of those people that loves a really a quiet chorus, something that really brings you in. Yeah. And then a, a um, sorry, a verse rather, and then the chorus that just goes ba 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 in you, and that's exactly what your song that is does. That's literally right? what it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, without diving off the deep end into it, because I want to, because I'm really dying to talk to you about this song. Because when I first heard it, I was like, oh, that's a that's a drug song. That's like this treats. I like my reaction to it is it's like is, is like a drug. I want to keep listening to that. Keep listening to it. It's so addictive. Um, so what what like how did that evolve? Was that you guitar on your own piano, whatever humming? Um, I think the verse came first and then um, I had a kind of vague idea of how it was going to go. I went down to do like a writing session with a lass called Rhiannon Mayer. Um, and when I was like with her, I kind of, I think I put the, like one of the chorus, it's basically just all a song of choruses. That's what my mate pointed out the other day. I was like, yeah, it kind of is. It isn't really a verse. It's just like three choruses yeah. and I put them in like different orders. So I I wrote one of the choruses when I was with her, and then um, when I was working with it on it with the Julian Flu, the guy who produced it, I was like, yeah, this needs another. So that's when I did that like the final kind of big sort of chorusy bit. So I don't know, it was kind of a three part song. It wasn't. Sometimes the songs just flow out, and other times, and it did kind of flow out, but it was definitely in like uh, bits and bobs, you know. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's funny because I, I, it gets that I get that feeling like it came from a stripped down vibe. But I, that said, I have absolutely mm. no grounds for that at all. I just feel like because it's got that. All kind of, of my like, music does, I think, because yeah. I play. It's just me and guitar when I write. Yeah. So it all starts with that more or less. Um, sometimes they'll evolve into something more. But I'm not one of those that like writes with a band. You know, I write and then. It it can pretty much always be played me and, me and a guitar, um, yeah. And then it can then things get added around it. It's cool, man, because it's got like that bedroom feel to it. I wrote a song once about a football player called Dennis Wise, and I tried to base it on a guy called uh, a guy. Oh my god, I sound like a dick. Joe Jackson, for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> is she really going out with him? Because I love like uh, okay, that kind yeah, of. Yeah. I love that kind of vibe. And it's just a really good bedroom sound to it. The chorus is quite big, but like that's what I think about grilled cheese. It's got that kind of like bedroom sound, like you're just noodling away on one string, yeah. like moving up and down the fretboard, and then just like this fucking killer chorus comes. It what what in in terms of like the lyrical content, um, I fucking love it as well. It's quite <laughs> bluesy, don't you think? It's like my baby don't want me around, you know. Yeah, it is like I think the that kind of like bluesy like influence has definitely always been there like when I first started making music it was definitely a bit more like smooth kind of like bluesy like a bit jazzier stuff um so that is definitely an influence I think lyrically like I just got that I just got that first verse in my head and then I just kind of played on that idea of and actually it's funny because I'm actually in a really good relationship and um, everybody's got in touch with my lass and been like, is everything all right? Uh, is everything okay? And you know I mean? mum's like, babes, you all right? Um, so everyone's been like, really, like concerned that we're about to break up, but everything's actually fine. It was just that I just had that idea in my head and kind of expanded on it. And obviously yeah. you can pull on like old kind of, and we've all been in shit relationships. You can yeah. pull on old um, experience, but yeah. it wasn't one of those that's like, oh God, I'm going for a tough time and I need to just get this all out. It was more of a playing with an idea song. More like less cathartic, more pop sort of style. Yeah. Like this is this is working 
kind of thing. Mm. Well, that that's cool because like I can't imagine what it must be like being like fucking what's her name, who wrote um, a female artist sing uh, singer. She oh, this is so embarrassing. Whatever, hugely massively famous, and she wrote all the whole entire fucking album. Was it Twenty One? Her first album. Oh, Adele. Adele, uh, based on a real relationship where it was just fucking car crash and horror and death yeah, and destruction. Yeah, yeah. A little bit like Amy Winehouse. It's like, you've got to sing that for the rest of your goddamn life, man. Yeah. I mean, geez, Louise, you know. I think I have songs that came out of, like, do- like tough places and, like, some yeah. quite dark places. And I definitely have had those cathartic songs. And, I mean, personally, I don't go back to that place every time I play it. It's more that, like, it's quite... it's Songwriting's really interesting, actually, because you can write a song when you're, like... That's like some of the songs I perform, I wrote when I was like 17, 18. So that's fucking years mm. ago, you know? So I write a song when I'm like 17, 18, and then I play it again when I'm 20 and it has another meaning. I play it again when I'm 23, another meaning. I play it again now and it's something else comes out of it. So mm. you can always kind of relate. There's always something you can relate to within a song, mm. I think. And mm. I don't think it always, I, I quite, I like to try and keep my lyrics reasonably kind of vague. Um, yeah. Or like more t- kind of trying to create like a feel or something rather than like tell a direct story. So you can yeah. pull things from that, can't you? More poetic, uh, like sort of uh, mysterious almost. Yeah, maybe. I just like it. I, for me, those songs where like someone says a line and it just creates like an idea an, an idea in your head or paints a picture in your head without it being like really black and white. Like, I don't know, for Arctic Monkeys, his lyrics are fucking unreal. And yeah. he can just play around with those words and just create like right. feelings with that. I just love that. I love words. It's cool. That that's a that's like genius levels, isn't it? He's it's fucking like, unreal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, what's that? Any, one any... of his lyrics. It's like, um, she's a helter skelter around my little finger, and she rides it endlessly. It's like that way of saying she's got me wrapped around my little finger. Like his way right. of saying that. I'm just like, how did you fucking come up with that, man? Yeah, you know, when someone comes sure. up with something, you're like, I wish I wrote that. Like, I get yeah. that with him all the time. Like, and then it sounds so simple to do that, doesn't it? Oh, I could mm. do that. I could do that. Uh, and then you sit yeah. down, you know, pen and paper. Oh, a bit stuck here. Yeah, uh, yeah. My, my metaphors aren't coming tonight. I'll just drink some more and I'm sure it'll turn up. <laughs> oh, my God. But um, no, it's cool, man, because um, I'd be quite interested to talk about where where music came into, when music came into your life, if at all you can remember or whether it was just a, a constant presence or whether it was one day you kind of had like a slight moment that you were a, a wee kid or something and it was like oh bloody hell like uh the beatles or something i don't think i didn't really have that revelation um art. i think some musicians have that like artist that just changed their life and i don't i've never really had that but my parents are my parents are really into music you know always have been like my dad is like constantly exploring music like he went through a massive like heavy metal phase when we were like 15 and he'd be like blasting corn and like then he got really into like techno and like he's always been discovering music and and like all the oldies like Neil Young, Pink Floyd, Jan Stroplin like and my mum introduced me to loads of amazing like female singer-songwriters like uh, you know Joni Mitchell and and all them like Tracy Chapman and stuff so music was always around and my mum's a pianist and and she like plays like the church um, organ at the local church and stuff like that. She's like the town's yeah. pianist, do you know what I mean? One of them. Yeah. Um, 
Hey, well, and I've got I that background of... as well. So, yeah. Yeah. My, my daddy's like, plays flute in a church band and saxophone. Did it, class. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. church is a big place for music. Like, you know, singing, you're singing every week. I went to a Catholic primary school. Like, we sang <laughs> hymns too. every Thursday. Like, I loved it. It was class. Yeah. I remember getting the piss ripped out of me for singing, like, for just taking yeah. it too seriously. And, like, <laughs> like, when I was singing the hymns, all the kids are like, freak. I was like... Cool. Oh man, yeah. she loves Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I think playing music myself, I used to go like family camping and there was a woman called, like there's, there is a woman called Franny and she, she used to like just play tunes around the fire and it was like, that was, yeah. I think like we used to go camping the same place every year with the same people, like, and with some cousins and stuff. Yeah. Um, and that was definitely like a big thing for like for music for me because we'd all like sing together and it was just like all of my like strongest childhood memories involved music. I think it just always was like big for me. Yeah. As a thing. So like like being around your your musical mum and what have you. Mm. Um, I'm sorry. Did your dad? Did you say your dad used to listen to like uh, uh, the heavy, yeah, my heavy dad, rock? And, yeah, yeah. My dad got in. My dad listens to everything from like. Pink Floyd to like Nicki Minaj to like Fatboy Slim, do you know what I mean? Right. He just loves it yeah. all. If it's if it's if it if he's into it, he's into it. He, he's not fussy about so genre. That, that rubs off big time, right? That's got to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like have like moments where you're like fucking? Oh, I'm really uh, like appreciative of that because I know. I mean, I had some, but my it was not eclectic. It was mainly just it was like blues, yes, mm. and then rock. And then whatever was on the radio. So not, but just the radio. So there's no like real like tangents yeah. and stuff. Funny, Did you get, I would, like, yeah. I think like we didn't listen. My my parents we've listened to music or Radio Four. There was no radio on. You know what? They would. We never listened to current music, and that that I feel like I slightly missed out on. You know yeah. the kind of like my generation. It's all like all like the girl bands and the boy bands and all of that that and I never knew what was going on at school you know when I was like eight nine ten I was listening to like Janis Joplin which is cool now but like back That's then it was fucking like, amazing like now it is but it's like everyone's <laughs> like yeah the pop culture the 90s and I'm like yeah I was like in the fucking 60s and the 90s like I got yeah. it wrong oh man like I had exactly I was slightly older I was at um I was at school like maybe 13 14 when all like Oasis and Blur and mm. all that were kicking off I had my head up the old fucking blues and yeah. uh and I I found all that music reprehensible because it wasn't old and yeah, uh, I missed yeah. out I missed out on that I felt you know I missed out on all that and it's quite yeah. bad but at the same time it's like I wasn't like listening to crap so I feel good I mean it's like you say like oh I missed out on girl bands boy bands it's like oh, you poor thing yeah you know? I know like, girls yeah. allowed actually to be fair I did have a girls allowed cd so yeah, you did. I had a few. Like I had, I've, I think the CDs that I bought were my first CDs were Avril Lavigne and My Chemical Romance. I remember buying Sweet. the two of them. That's a I'd great come, mix. And I had like all the lyric books, and I'd like always sing along and like read all the lyrics. I loved Definitely it. perfect, Avril Lavigne, man. Oh, what was, it? was there a couple a of hits she had? What was that? She hit? had loads. Um, and Skater Boy yeah, was exactly. a big one. Skater Boy, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love that song, man. I was she's way a dude. Too like old. I'm still yeah. like I still listen to Avril Lavigne. Yeah, I was way too old to be getting into her, man. But I was like, yeah. I just loved it. There was one song that would 
go on like a rock DJ night or whatever, and that would just slip in there, and people would just be like, "Fuck it, you don't care." That's 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 good good fun to dance. Yeah, to yeah, it's reason. good crap. You know, ah, oh. she said to you later, boy. It's a banger, man. Yeah, it's such a tune. And then she um. And then she went really girly and she did that, hey, hey, yeah. you, you, I don't like your girlfriend. And all of us oh, like yeah. purists, because we were all a bit like emo and we were like, yeah, man, Ever Levine's gone so mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah, was always definitely. fucking mainstream, do you know what I mean? Man, My Chemical Romance as well, good Lord. So did you ever yeah, like get in a, like when, I mean, I don't want to skip ahead too far, but like for mm. in terms of like when music got serious for you, I mean, when I say serious, I mean, for example, uh, my first band, I was in a church band. Then when that went Amazing. that way, I then formed, got in a really terrible pub cover band. But then when it got slightly, slightly serious, I then joined uh, a shit, awful, terrible goth rock band. Like, but Amazing. I would say that's yeah, as shit as we were, it, it was kind of getting serious, right? Yeah, so yeah. do you do you, do you have anything kind of like that? I had like thing is, I went down a different route. I was I went down the classical music route originally. Um, like all through, I was in, I was doing both. Like when I was in high school, I was playing like, um, I used to play in bands and stuff. And like me and my mates would write songs together and we were all, it was all kind of like depressing emo music. And I, I was never the singer though. I was always the drummer. My best mate yeah. Zoe was like, um, well, she is just like an amazing performer. So she was always the front woman because she would just be there like fucking giving an absolute yarding. <laughs> was, I was too insecure for that. So I'd just be like <laughs> playing the drums. Like, um, Sweet. But I would played classical trombone all through um, school. And I actually left to do my last year of school at Douglas Music Academy um, up in Glasgow to like study classical trombone. And I just hated it. And it was no one's fault. I was just too old for school. It wasn't for me. I was a, I was a mouthy little bastard when I was at school, but because <laughs> Danoon is so small, it's like, I fucking knew all the teachers. Like I'm one of six children. They knew the whole family, you know, like right. one it was six, sweet. Yeah, one of six. Yeah. So I could, they knew me. They knew when I was being mouthy that I was just trying to have a bit of crack and I wasn't actually bad. And, yeah. But I went up to this school. I was getting sent out of class all the time and like fucking... I just yeah. couldn't hack it, so I'm I quit, insane. and then and then I busked for years. So I wasn't in any yeah. bands really. Like, um, me and an ex girlfriend were in like a kind of acoustic duo hippie thing called Tangled Roots, where we'd like that we is just sang hippie. And it's pure May. I was I had fucking dreads. I had like a oh, room pants. Yeah. I was far out. Um, yeah, you were very far. I was really far out. <laughs> um, and we like did that and then we just traveled and then we broke up and I just kept traveling and I just yeah. busked and traveled around you. So it didn't get serious and I didn't even understand. I didn't even know what a manager was. I didn't know what an agent was. None of this until I joined um, a band in Newcastle called Holy Moly and the Crackers when I was 20. They, the accordion player found me busking on the street basically and they were going past doing a circus procession and I was like, what the hell is this? I want to, I'd just been living in a squat and learned how to juggle. So I wanted to like join the circus. <laughs> um, and so then I went along and I was like, I can play trombone. She was like, join my band. And they were like, they were, they'd started kind of picking up and they, they, they do well for themselves. You know, they were getting a bit more serious. And yeah. then I learned about this industry, which I just didn't even know existed. Like yeah. an agent, a producer, like a publisher, like fucking hell, all these words the that, the I didn't even know existed, let alone what they were. I mean, I love it actually. Yeah, it is the bullshit, but I loved, I love the industry. It's fucking interesting. Yeah. 
Oh, that's in, that's cool that you get that you you have that vibe. You see, the thing is, Martha, I'm a failed, bitter little Alan Partridge musician. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You know, go to London, full of failure, rejection, and <laughs> bastards. Yeah, you know that that's me. It's so pathetic. It's literally it'll just drop out. I'm in I'm in London. Might as well be in like freaking Beirut or something. It's ridiculous. Um, but no, no, I just wanted to know what it was like to be 17 and making that decision to like just take your guitar and just go off around Europe and, and just take it, take on the world sort of thing. I think now, like when I, I mean, the last one who I was traveling with, like she was 16 and I was 17, so we we're fucking young. But at the time yeah. we didn't feel like it. Like I was such an arrogant little shit, you know, I felt like I knew everything. So it just felt like it was time to go. It just felt like, I'd always wanted to travel. My dad like did a lot of hitchhiking when he was yeah. um, like in his like early twenties, and I just loved hearing his stories. And it was just like that's I always had known that's what I wanted to do was to just fucking get away. And you know, Dunoon is and where I grew up is is class. It's a lush place, but it's a, you know it's a small town on the west coast of Scotland. Like it's you you're a teenager. You need to just fucking get out. You know. Where, where, what's it called? It's called Dunoon. It's like if you go to Glasgow Dunoon. and then you get a train west and then you get on a ferry, yeah. then you get to Dunoon. Oh God, what's wow, so an island? It's it's not an island, it's a peninsula. It's on a peninsula. Oh, so wow. you can drive round, but it just takes a lot longer. So you're a country girl? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love the west coast of Scotland, honestly. Yeah, it's beautiful. Was, it's beautiful. Was, the people are class. Yeah, I was talking with a band called Dead Pony not so long ago, and they're from Glasgow, and they're like yeah. saying like how you get on a train in half an hour, twenty minutes, you're in the bloody countryside. Like, yeah, completely. Yeah, and I I get that vibe. I'm like I go crazy for it. But like, so so this girl you were travelling with was it like literally love at first sight? Let's get let's get the guitars and just go. We were just like fuck. We were just young. We wanted the exact same things. We just wanted to travel and make tunes, and that was it. And that's just what we did. And we did that yeah. for like a year and then we were living out in a squat in the Canary Islands and we broke up. And then I just was like, fuck, I don't know. I don't anything like we busked with her guitar and her equipment. I didn't even own a guitar. So I was just fucked and like came back Jesus. to the UK, like went to my parents. It was just like, oh God. I had like two pals because literally the two of us had just like been, it'd been us two for a year and that was it. It was intense. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and I had to, like, my parents helped me out with getting a guitar, and I think I had, like, some childhood savings. I think I had, like, yeah. 800 quid saved up or something, um, mm. and then just spent all that on equipment and just so. Wow. Dear God. That is, yeah. a, that is so... I wish I'd done that. There is an element of jealousy here. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bit bit jealous. Like, what was what was your first... Can you remember your, like, your first port of call, like which which country it was and like where, what town, like yeah, man, the weather we went was to like? Yeah, to Amsterdam, obviously. Yeah. Straight <laughs> fucking Amsterdam. Straight to the, Spent all the of our mothership. money. Yeah. Spent all of our money, got like fucking really stoned. And then we went to the north of France. Um, what, and we like, just had fucking, no clue like, what we were doing. We were waiting yeah. for our friends to come over in a van and they just didn't, they didn't come. So we were waiting in the north of France for like two weeks and like we really had run out of money. And we were right. like busking. It was like I can't I think it was called Grand Grand Pity Fort Philippe, something like that. It was right. like fucking nowhere, man. 
Um, and it had this one shite tourist attraction. And like once an hour or some, or like maybe every half an hour, a coachload of old people would come to explore this tourist attraction. <laughs> and we would stand in the archway and like manically play tunes at them to try and get some money. And then we'd go straight to Lidl and just like buy as much food as we could. And like I lost a fucking lot of weight like on that. Uh, on bet. What were you um, doing? Like f- what kind of songs were you busking? For the old folks, um, like, we'll meet again. It was, like, all of our own tunes a lot. And then, sorry, my little hello. dog's just exploding. Hello, dog. Um, a lot of it was, like, my own tunes. And then, and just, other, yeah, other shit. Just, like, just the classics. A bit of Tracy Chapman, a bit of fucking Bob Marley, you know, whatever yeah. we felt like. Oh, that is yeah. absolutely brilliant. Honestly, that's like a it was class. F- fucking BBC Three uh, comedy. I can see it now. <laughs> yeah like two it's just kids. so i know it's so <laughs> funny because looking back it's like because i didn't know you don't you just don't know shit and th- we didn't have smartphones as well and that's made such a big difference to traveling um is having like smartphones you know we had like a brick that had like yeah. 10 pounds on it and it would cost so much money to phone home so you could like <laughs> we could text home like once a week to be like we're still alive and our parents were like thank god um right so it was like definitely, you know, it was a different time as well for traveling. Was now you can get use the internet for free, can't you, in Europe now? So it's like fucking just, just the different. same as being at home. It's so different. So like you talked um, about your dad like relaying like stories of his youth busking and, and hitchhiking. Yeah. No, he didn't did, busk, you, but he hitchhiked yeah. around, yeah. Did you like did you get any seriously awesome memories of your own? Like I mean that sounds the one you described there is pretty funny, but like do you ever get yeah. any Trying to really think like cool a classic thing. story. Now, like anybody stop? Anybody stop you and go? God, your music is totally amazing. It's changed my life. There was, yeah, there, there was lots of lovely experiences busking. Yeah, like, um, you know, like people giving you like a drawing of you that they've done, and people like just being really generous and wanting to help mm. out and wanting to like get to know you and wanting to find out where you're from and or like. I don't know, play some tunes as well, like fucking Bob, like Bob Marley was the best to play because it's, everybody knows it. And like, you know, playing it on Northumberland Street and all, and there was like, I busked quite a lot. That's the main shopping street in Newcastle. So whenever yeah. I came home, I would like busk to save up and then get away again. Um, Cause you just, you know, you knew how much you could make, you know, you've got somewhere to stay, etc. Yeah. Um, And like, there was a proper little street crew of like, the the guys on the market stalls and that but also like all the homeless the homeless crew as well and like yeah. they like you play bob marley and they'd just be like out having a dance and like having a mint time and that was always dead lush. Yeah. so yeah like loads of really nice like but busking around is just such a good way to to meet people and then someone be like oh come play in my cafe you know i'll pay you and i'll feed you and and hitchhiking as well like i remember like we were like hitchhike trying to get over to italy and we've been hitching for like three days and we like we'd again we never had any money so we'd like run out of money and we were, we were eating like peanuts and apples so we were like fucking <laughs> it was a bit of a tough three days and we got we were like going from uh from france to italy so we had to go through monaco which is obviously so such a wealthy area and this like guy picked us up and took us back to his um and we had dinner with like his wife and his son and him and he cooked like a five course meal and Whoa. We like slept out under the stars and saw like fireflies and it was fucking beautiful. That was a class night. Oh man, 
Like I can imagine like the lifestyle of busking and what have you, or what have you, especially when you're aiming to like actually make some money out of it so you can then pursue like travel or what have you. Mm. Like there must be some serious ups and downs along that way, you know, like one yeah. one day is never the same as also, also, which is kind of like a good thing as well. Yeah. Yeah, it was until, until I kind of settled in Newcastle and then it got a bit too samey because it was really same tunes, same street, same day and, any yeah. job after a while gets a bit much. So I don't really do it anymore. I would like, yeah. I actually had plans this year to go busking in Germany, but um, yeah. obviously that's not happened. Yeah, shit hit the fan like on that one. It. Yeah, but it is what yeah. it is, you know. I'd like, and, I definitely would like to go back out again at some point and do a bit more. Yeah, for sure, definitely. I mean, like in terms of um, performing, like when, when did it start, like you go out on your own and it really started to happen, like really started to work and like, it's like, people were going oh yeah okay this is good I would say like when I was supporting Holy Moly I'd started doing I started to kind of I'd support them sometimes sorry when I was playing with them I would support them them sometimes and Uh you know they were so supportive and I'd get a good reaction from people and that's when I kind of decided right this is what I should be doing you know I I loved playing with them but like you know having my history of busking and traveling and just being my own man it felt a bit much to like always be in someone else's band get in the van with it when you have to get in the van play the tunes you have to play I, I needed that control back over my life yeah um, and I just needed to play my own stuff you know I was really just wanting to do that and um so I, I think I left the band in like November I formed a band that January and then in February we had a DIY tour booked around the UK so I was just like bish bash bosh get it done fuck that's amazing (laughs) so we just toured and that year we like we toured we did like a tour in the spring we then went to Germany and did a week tour in Germany and then did like a whole summer festivals and then did like a a pretty much like three to four week tour of the UK just like cafes and stuff and like little (laughs) DIY venues and so we just went for it we just absolutely did everything we could yeah, I mean that that is full on, right? You've, you, you, do you would you say your work ethic is pretty like solid? Like you you get what you need to do because you did mention how you like the music industry, you get the different facets and how they need yeah. to pull together. Do you? Because like not a lot of musicians get that work ethic. I think that I don't think it's I don't know if it's that or whether creative a creative mind and a business mind don't often go hand in yeah. hand. It's quite. It's usually one or the other, and I think I'm just lucky to have, to have to be into both. I just love business. Like for me, trying to see how you know, looking at it from like a different perspective, and trying to see how far I can take that like 17 year old busker, and to see how far I can roll with that. You know, coming right. from with no background and no no background in music and no concept of even the existence of the music industry, let alone how to make it work. And just seeing how far I can push that. I find that so interesting, you know, it's like... Definitely. Um, I love writing songs and I love playing live. But if my whole life was just writing and playing, I would get bored. So having sure. that interest of like, right, what's next? Okay, we've got to come up with this new project and how are we going to market that? And how are we going to interact with people? And how can we keep this interesting, but also true to myself? And I love it. It's really... There's, there's so much to it it's really interesting yeah no absolutely I mean like I, I think that's a, a profound a really important thing to have I mean let, you know let's be honest there's plenty of people with talent but like they have obviously 
no idea how to apply that in terms of yeah looking at the business business facing things it's interesting it's like can you see um what's happening with grilled cheese i mean is that pretty exciting to you in terms of like not only the sound of the song how it feels to you and stuff and now like it, it getting picked up like it is i mean business wise it's massively exciting like to have been put on the a-list for bbc six is just mind-blowing like i'm up there with like some massive names and it's like how the hell did i pull that off like it's right yeah. i think they just like the track like bbc six are class because if they like a track they'll they'll support it they're not interested in it like in how famous you are they're just interested in the tunes you're playing and that's one of the really yeah. cool things about bbc six but yeah to be up there and then you know to for me like i'm not a i'm not one of the i do well on spotify but i'm not a massive spotify artist you know who who has the like hundreds of thousands of streams on stuff. You know, I've got mates who like, that's their world, but I've, I've always mm. been a bit more live. But I think, yeah. hang on, I'm just gonna look it up. But I think like, I've, I've, I've definitely got over 50,000 on that now. Yeah, I've got 66,000 yeah. on grilled cheese, which to me is like fucking loads. And yeah. the, I think the thing that actually blew me away was the other day, like, at, like just under 2000 people, I got like, a, I get emails from Apple and they're like, oh, you got like 2,000 Shazams last week. And I was like, that is mint. Because yeah. getting, people just hearing on the radio, hearing on, getting on a Spotify playlist, like it's kind of algorithmic and you don't have much choice over that. But Shazam, like people have actively been like, I like that. What's that? I want to know what that is. And yeah, 2,000 in one week. Pub. I was like, yeah, exactly. That that really was like mad for me. Yeah, yeah. So we, we exciting. Had that. I had that the other day I was in a pub and that's happened and it was an unknown artist. It was amazing. But that the grilled grilled cheese for me is like that is a perfect element that is like for me anyway, like um first of all, a a woman talking about another woman in a romantic way. Yeah. You know? Um you never hear that. You fucking don't. And especially in pop and especially in like whatever, like a pop crossover, whatever the, the fuck you want to call it. Yeah. 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 But it's electric, man. That song is so cool. And I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. This is great. And um, yeah, just uh, you don't really hear that so so often. I don't know why that is. Like you don't really hear about like gay relationships on like fucking mainstream music. I don't know why the fuck that is, particularly when there's such an enormous appetite for it for people like... I reckon it's probably, I mean... For starters, only ten percent of the population. Well, that's what they—that's what they assume. Yeah. That's what they've been saying. Ten percent of the population are gay. I mean, I think actually, if there wasn't so much sexism and homophobia, then there'd be a lot more like fluidity within sexuality and gender anyway. But you know, if we just go with that old just ten percent thing, then there's there is just gonna numbers wise be less. Also, there is a lot of homophobia still out there. I think like. I've been massively like fucking lucky to be born when I was born. Um, I never even think about the fact that I'm gay. It's not a big deal for me. Like it's not a big deal to my friends or family. It never has been. Oh, I just am who I am. Like I remember my mum saying to me, like, being gay is not the most interesting thing about you. Like you've <laughs> yeah, got so much yeah. more going on, you know. And you <laughs> yeah, can really let. Yeah. Uh, like I'm so lucky in that I haven't had to make it part of my identity because I haven't had to fight for any like any rights because. There's a lot of homophobia out there, but personally, my experiences, I've, I've done well. You know, I've been lucky. Been positive, um, yeah. Yeah, but I think that, I don't know, like, I don't know why that is. 
to Can be I honest. Just say, I think there, there I think there's a, a market. There's gonna be a market for it, right? There's gotta be. There's like, other stuff like at... as Arlo. If you've heard Arlo Parks, she's she plays a lot of like really nice like her her tunes mm-hmm. have got are about women. Like I'm pretty yeah. sure she's gay. She's even gay. Or she's yeah. writing songs about women. There are people but... out there, but <laughs> yeah, not as many. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Because I think like gender fluidity and like you know bi bisexual and all that. I mean, there, I I I think there are a lot of people, probably including myself, that wouldn't like necessarily say that I'm just 100 percent straight. Mm. I'd probably lean towards more of like the um, the more conventional side. I reckon. Mm. I don't know if that's if that's like even the right word to use. But um, and it's just cool when you just hear a song that is so straight up fun pop as your song but it's just referencing a girl i don't know why that interests me so much maybe i'm abnormal maybe i'm different i don't think so i think it's i think it's cool that you bring it up actually because no one's brought it up with me yet and i think that actually yeah that probably would stand out to you like if i'm listening to like that was one of the things about that stood out to me about arla parks was i was like hang on listen to lyrics i was like she's singing about her last like that's pretty cool i think that like it is it's refreshed it's it's nice to hear something being talked about that isn't talked about as often i guess and to me like it just is what it is like obviously i'm not going to write songs about men because i, I don't have feelings for men <laughs> in that way um well you know it's yeah. rewind like 30 years and you wouldn't be able to write the music that you're writing now no way man um, i wouldn't be able know, to be who i am yeah. in any respect as a woman as a um as a gay woman as a musician I wouldn't yeah. be able to be anything like even now it's like as women in the music industry are so fucking put into boxes and especially like I think maybe like um, maybe in, ter- in terms of race definitely and in terms of sexuality you probably are like if you're looking if you if you go into the more kind of female punk world you'll get a lot more um, openly LGBT women because it's a safe space for them to express themselves so that's kind of, so you end up kind of pulling being pulled towards what's what's a bit safer but mm. i don't know i mean that's the work that's been done by a lot of punk bands in the 70s that really had to go through an awful lot of shit to be you know just to be a punk band in the 70s i think you 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 automatically okay a lot of those bands attracted a lot of tension and they loved it but there were also a lot of bands that were talking about you know gender equality or even just fucking like set you know sexual identity and then mm. um re- racism and and uh, there was a mad time a fucking insane time and so a lot mm. of bands they fought very hard for that um it's cool that you are doing what you're doing and i don't i don't know if you thought about it much but it is it's important to me as a straight yeah. white guy hearing like a gay voice on the fucking radio with yeah. a bloody awesome song it's nice. really yeah, important. I hadn't really thought about it, but yeah, it's cool. Really? That's funny. How, really? Do you genuinely haven't sort of thought me writing lyrics? Do you, do you not? I mean, I like writing lyrics. No. Like, like, I just don't gosh. think about it. It's just like, yeah. I'm just writing a song. Like, it's not. Sure. It, I'm, I'm lucky and it's just so not a part of my identity. Like, I don't even, I don't really bring it up. Like, it's obviously there. I think I'm quite yeah. obviously gay in my music, also just in the way that I am. I think like, okay. not that, I don't know, not that there's like types, but I think I, 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 it's not hidden, but I'm not, it doesn't define me. I just like, I am who I am. Yeah, absolutely. Know? I definitely, that's what I fucking love about the song. I think actually what you said there has kind of helped me because I'm like thinking, 
why is this song so fucking awesome it's because the music is leading it the the musicality of it is leading it's not like you know a, the big fucking i am talking about my sexuality look at me i'm gay and i'm writing songs yeah. it's 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 something else which i think that's why it kind of works because it's kind of like that cool i don't know like like it's tongue-in-cheek grilled cheese my baby likes grilled cheese and all that i like grilled cheese we all love grilled yeah. cheese but you know <laughs> yeah, blah, blah, blah. it's it's fucking <laughs> i love it it's fucking cool but it it's kind of um it's got kind of a little bit intellectual uh, over over grilled cheese here. I'm sorry, but yes. I mean like over, over the actual actual grilled cheese, you know, not the song, yeah, yeah. but also the song as well. But <laughs> it's just it just fascinates me because it always stops me in my tracks whenever I hear bands that either dare to put their uh, head above the parapet and talk about politics uh, around Brexit. Um, you know, we're, we're hearing a lot about uh, Black Lives Matter and and. and uh, great and what have you and we talk uh, you know we can uh, musicians can express themselves about gen um about racism definitely but but in terms of like you know um oh that really great uh, bbc2 drama at the moment um oh fuck uh bloody hell oh what's it called Never mind. Whatever. It's a really fucking great BBC Two drama about yeah. a woman who is, I, th I think she's like date raped or something. Um, she's a, a black girl and she's uh, gay and there's this, this whole weird, really weird way. Anyway, I'm trying. It's so annoying because we've been watching it lately and I'm having a complete <laughs> brain meltdown. You're not very good I don't names, think, are you? I don't think she's even, <laughs> I don't think she's even gay. Anyway, um, but yeah, the, what I'm, I guess I'm trying to get at is that there's just some things that we can and can't sell to the public. And I just think you can't talk about politics because no one, you can, but it has to be really specific and it can't offend too many, many people. It has to be right, you know, on the nose as in terms of, but Brexit, you don't get any bands like going, motherfucking hell, what the hell was Brexit about? Like playing it, playing about it, singing about yeah. it. And it's Can't just really weird. talk about Brexit, can you? Brexit's fucking boring. It's more than it's boring, and... I think, that you can't talk about. And talk about what you want to talk about. At the end of the mm. day, like, what the hell is the point in writing songs if you can't just write songs about stuff you want to write songs about? Yeah. Do you know yeah, what definitely. I mean? Like, just, if, if a tune's good, it's good. Like, I don't know, like, you look at, like, Macklemore. Macklemore's fucking class he does he's done like a lot of like really like um well, i think he's class but yeah, yeah he's done like a lot of like good tunes about kind of different like right like he did like that um fucking now my brain's going what's it Michael? so it's mondays man it's he mondays. did that love what he did that tune about gay people basically <laughs> same love <laughs> yeah, that tune about right. the gears um, and it was yeah, banging the gears. it was so, it was class and it was specifically about like um how like hip how like hip hop is such a fucking tough homophobic like hip hop is a oh. fucking homophobic oh. sexist world a lot of the time. Bad. Yeah. Um and just talking about that and it's like fucking gun on such I mean like Man. I'm talking to a woman tomorrow night called Sar Rock and she's got her first album coming out tomorrow. I'm really excited because she is like Oh, she's so good. She does exactly the opposite. You know, she really just, she's quite political, but not too much. She talks about love in a sensitive, beautiful, kind way. 
Uh, that that's kind of what turned me off about hip hop when I was a kid because it was just so aggressive. It was so yeah. and uh, fuck it today. Like it's just so money orientated, like um, sexist. So much of it. Some of it's vile. absolutely lush. Like I love like Little Sims is just absolutely one of my favorite artists at the moment. Like yeah. her new like EP she just put out, Drop Six. It's just like I've been list. That's been like what I've been listening to basically. Solidly. Sorry, can, what's the artist called again? Little Sims. Okay, cool. I'll check that out. That's that. Man, she's just... unreal. There's some yeah. class hip hop out there, but it it's it is like it's changing. It's a changing world. I think everything's yeah. changing. Like, I think this is a really lucky and exciting time to be like alive and to be doing shit because there's a lot more freedom of expression. Um, there's still a lot of like really massive, massive changes that need to come around, but we're, you know, just comparatively to like the nineties or the eighties, like it's fucking, we've come far. I mean, <laughs> yeah, in terms exactly. of like LGBT, we've come so far, even within my lifetime, you know, like it was oh my still, God, yeah. I think it was, I think being, I think, being gay was only made legal in Scotland in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, fucking hell. That was, like, not even... It was illegal, like, 10 or 20 years before my birth. Do you know what I mean? Like, what the hell? Oh, yeah. And it now we've come to this, like, and now I can just be who I want to be and not even think about it. Like, a yeah. lot of fucking solid people have gone before me and made it, made it so, like, made it like that. Yeah. I, like... I. It does make my blood boil ever so slightly when you think about those people like Alan Turing, for fuck's sake. I mean, he was chemically castrated and was like a fucking hero that basically saved yeah. this country, saved this, and saved us all. Yeah. Saved us all, man. Got chemically, ca- you know, chemically castrated. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but I, I think suppose, that's why you've yeah. got to keep talking up about stuff and be part mm. of stuff. You can't just sit on the sidelines. You've got to be an ally to people because fucking hell, like all right, I don't feel like I need to fight anymore. But if I was trans, I would have, my life would, my life would be fucking tough. Trans people have so much shit. You know, like LGB, we're kind of getting by, but the T's are struggling. Like there's fucking, there's so much shit going on at the moment. And you can't just sit around and pretend like it doesn't involve you because it does, it involves us all. Like, you've got to fight for an equal, like you've got to fight for equality. Otherwise we're all fucked. You know what I mean? Mate, you can't drop the ball. I think that's what a lot of no. like, where we are now with politics. It's about, we have basically dropped the ball. I don't think it's, it's, it's not despairing. I don't think there's any need to despair, but like there is a lot of dirty, filthy, lazy politics around. And a lot of people have just got lazy and just fucking said, oh, the hard work's been done. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, I'm wearing a fucking Billy Bragg T-shirt. I've seen him yeah. a couple of times. And he, he always says, you know, I love him to pieces. Uh, and he talks about the 70s, like, um, in a very you know, poetic fashion, with great rhetoric. And he, uh, it's like, oh, all the hard work has been been done. I'm still singing about it, but the hard work's been done. And then occasionally he'll go, nah, it fucking hasn't. If you think this song... Yeah is for the 1970s and 1981 or whatever. It's not, man, because look where we are. You know, I was fucking there at Glastonbury Festival the day after the Brexit result. And I was like, fucking hell. And he was playing in uh, in the evening and 
oh my god the atmosphere was insane yeah. insane it was just like everyone was just we were i was playing with trouble and mole in the crackers then and we were an eu funded um festival in france it was, oh, pretty awkward. <laughs> it was pretty awkward i think they took they took the um union jack down it was god we were still made we were still like welcome and we had a mint time but they yeah. were just like right off your foot then yeah isn't it just um so before you toddle off toodle pip and all that um when it when in the name of god in heaven are we going to see you live april you're in london yeah i'm london where are you still in newcastle now yeah yeah always and forever <laughs> i'm in london on the 27th of april okay sweet and what's the venue um i know i really want to tell you oh, oh don't colors. worry don't colors okay i'm playing at colors yeah are you, are you coming to norwich at all i'm not no it's okay. london newcastle i'm basically up mostly north this festival okay. this um tour sorry tour. Because I'm, but, um, I'm going to be moving to that neck of the woods. I'm going to be moving uh, from yeah, London nice. to uh, Dis, uh, which is a tiny little town in in Norfolk. So that's a Great. fucking Great. Why are you doing that? Just... Uh, I want to get the fuck out of this city, man. It's driving yeah. me insane. I, I, um... Fair enough, mate. I could not live in London. It's too no big. Way. It's just too big. Mm. And every it's quite generic, actually. There are really awesome places northeast london there are little pockets but there's just so much it's so generic and it's polluted it's busy you're living on top of everyone you know it it's uh and i want to have a, i want i want my my child to have normal lungs do you know what i mean yeah you know but um anyway on a plus note we've had a great chat i fucking enjoyed this yeah it's nice meeting you yeah you too i wish uh i really genuinely wish that i just met so many of the you you, you know musicians and stuff over a pint it's uh but yeah. this is cool this is cool and i i don't yeah, think i don't think you'd expect me to get a train all the way up to newcastle to have a pint with you so i mean you know this is cool <laughs> i mean it's expected of me all the time to come to london and have a pint with people true but, true that you know that yeah. it is what it is i actually miss coming down to london like to be yeah. fair i think i'd been down like three or four times i was actually down the week running up to lockdown and i was like as many be meeting up with my producer um who was ill and yeah. i think actually he had covid so thank fuck i didn't meet up with him Christ, um yeah. and then everything was just getting more and more mental and my partner kept just ringing me like come back come back and oh, i was like God. all right i need to just i need to just get north like, yeah. this hellhole north <laughs> north of the wall mate north of the wall get me north it got me north yeah <laughs> All right, Martha. Well, look, have a great day. All right, mate. Good to meet you. Yeah, and I don't know if I'll ever see you or meet you in actual person, but if I do, I'll drop you Come to a gig. Come to a gig. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be grand. Nice one. All right. All the best. Thank you. Thumbs up, mate. What? See ya. Bye.